made you stand there all alone Oh, I cannot explain what's going down I can see you standing next Brendan. to me LB. Your, your thoughts on Cage the Elephant. I'm assuming that's a band. That's this band specifically. This, I, you this don't falls know? into the broad category of what I call white person music. Ouch. Yep. I love Cage the Elephant. I don't doubt they're talented. Just wait. Just wait. Listen to this kick. It's great. Hold on. I should be backup singer for them, actually. Here it goes. I mean, we just wasted one minute on this. I'm not. I'm totally fine with it, though. I love Cage the Elephant, or as you like to call, white people music. That's a, that's a good segment idea as well, Brennan. That is not a pejorative, by the way. It's just in a broad category for me. It's it's in the same. I, I throw it in the same bin as where I would store Dave Matthews Band and stuff like that. Ouch. Yep. Ouch. Dave Matthews. Uh, DMB is a lot different. Okay, it's a lot. It's a lot different. Elephants are very different well, from otters, and yet they are both mammals. This is true. I thought you were going to start classifying like the elephant is a white person animal. No, 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 no. That would stuff like that. No, I just they they're dissimilar and yet categorized the I same. I suppose they yeah. they are warm. They have a five chambered heart. They give birth to live babies, and they have nipples. Is that what that's what the qualification for mammals are? Right. Those are the three. I think warm blooded and yeah, then, um, which is five chambered heart. Yep, and then. Uh, or at least I five. think all forms of animals have some kind of hair on their body, whether how fine it is. What about a naked mole rat? That doesn't have hair on it. I don't know. I'm not a biologist. Well, what the heck? What are you even here for? You're the one who's been in school for. most recently. You tell Ouch. me. I did get an A in bio. You're listening to the Lindsey Browncast. I'm Lindsey Brown. Sorry it took, it took us two minutes to introduce ourselves. I am here... With my partner in crime, my right-hand man, my not-white-people-music person, Brendan Berger. Hello, Brendan. How are you? L. Bizzle. How are you? L. Bizzle. <laughs> I like that, but not really. That can't be new. No, I, it's not. You, we, We've been through, uh, off-air, kind of the grand history of nicknames for my throughout my life. And uh, there's lots. Some appropriate and some not. But today... Now we've introed this for three minutes. You're listening to the Lindsey Browncast once Speaking again. Speaking of awkward transitions. I'm really good at awkward transitions. I think it's going to be one of my things, though. I think it's yep. going to be like one of my bits where I'm just like, I'm going to get a record scratch, like a right, and then just transition in the most awkward way possible. Do you know what I feel like LB transitions are? It's like if we're driving down a road and just suddenly just rip the wheel to one side. Yes. And yes. It's, <laughs> it's like when you're on the jet ski, you're going straight away, and then all of a sudden you're playing chicken with your friends, and you just go, yep. and then you try to throw each other off. I love yeah, As everyone that. else in the car is thrown against the other side of the wheel. Not the car, <laughs> the jet ski. So at least you fall into something somewhat soft, meaning water, yep. white-capped water. What are we talking about today, Brennan? We are talking about the purple and gold because you know what time of year it is? It's that time when they sell and people decide how much hope they're going to buy. How much hope will they buy in this season? And I feel like I've seen a lot of Vikings fans that are loading the shopping cart up. I, I, I tend to agree with you. I think obviously last year they had an unexpectedly successful year considering where we were after week one, which was... We dismantle the Saints. We look awesome. All of a sudden, Sam Bradford's knee acts weird. And they said, well, he could be out for a week or 10 weeks. And he ends up being out for the entire season in case Keenum comes in. 
doesn't have a great week two against the Steelers. Your your Steelers, Brendan. Yeah, but they do that to a lot of people. So. Granted, I, if we would have faced the Steelers later in the season, I think it would have been a different story. But your your team also had injury issues as well. It, it's all it's all about when you meet the people you meet. But after that, he was lights out. But now we have a new quarterback, Kirk Cousins. I don't know if you've heard we've signed Kirk Cousins to this team. Did we? Yeah, and okay. I hear something about guaranteed money or something. I wish another. someone would have mentioned that. This I know. Season. I feel like that's an important tidbit of information. But this is the kind of news that you can only find on the Lindsey Brown cast. But going to the NFC Championship game last year, getting our butts whipped, much like your Pittsburgh Steelers did. Yeah, we're, we're, before, we're getting used to that. With... I, yeah, I, that, your ga- that game was surprising to me. But, I, I mean, the NFC Championship game sucked. But we're the Vikings are returning in it overwhelmingly majority of their team. We have a new franchise quarterback. We have our rookie kind of running back who's returning from an ACL injury, Dalvin Cook. We We have have a Ben Simmons rookie. Yes, we have literally for offseason on paper standards, we have as good of a looking team as anyone else, if not more. I I believe that we're one of the favorites to make it to the Super Bowl and to win it in Vegas at somewhere in Vegas. Mm -hmm. But... The way that you want to kind of structure this segment on the Lindsey Brown cast is that you wanted to do the three storylines of the upcoming season since training camp officially started today. Yeah, storylines, narratives, because there's always a narrative that's an essential part in this buying and selling of hope. So, like, one of the narratives going in for the Falcons will be, how will Julio Jones' contract situation affect him going forward? How will it affect the team? Will the morale go down? Will people start to turn against him? Will Matt Ryan start throwing to someone else we don't know? Right. So there's always narratives. Yes. And there are narratives are not all created equal. This is true. So there's going to be good ones. There are going to be ones you're going to get sick of. And then they're going to be completely false ones. So. What do you mean by completely false ones? A false narrative for me was, I, this is my classic example. Years and years ago, when, when there was Baby LB, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure, when Brad Johnson first signed with the Washington Redskins. Mm-hmm. They play. They were facing the Vikings early in that year, and there was this narrative that like there's gonna be this angry Brad Johnson who's gonna springboard that throughout the He's season. He's got a chip on his shoulder. Like, one, it's Brad Johnson, so relax. His name is Brad Johnson. Yeah. That should just tell you <laughs> yeah. how angry this yeah. guy gets. Two, Brad Johnson's <laughs> apparently like the most amiable person ever. Right. So he would never have been upset. So that's a false narrative. That's okay. something that you're trying to sell yourself or your fan base that's just not gonna happen. They're projecting a feeling or a story onto one of the players and slash or the organization and slash or the fan base, like you said. Right. And so gotcha. the difference being between that and like a one you'll get sick of is that it's a, it's a real narrative. You're just going to get tired of it. Right. Because it's so over talked about, yeah. so drawn out, just beating of the dead horse constantly. So what's what's how do we lead this off then, Brendan, on the Lindsey Broncast? Well, why don't we just we make this easy? LB, what is the most val- what's your favorite or most valid narrative do you think we'll have in this upcoming Viking season? Um. Most valid, meaning the one that is the most true about the team. I think the one that's going to endure just based off of um, current events. Uh, Tony Sperano died this past Sunday a few days ago. He was the offensive line coach for the Minnesota Vikings for the past two seasons. Very well-traveled coach, was the head coach of the Miami Dolphins uh, during that one run to the AFC East title that the Patriots didn't year. win in the last, like, I don't know, 20 years or something like that. Yeah. 
Uh, he died unexpectedly on Sunday morning. I think that's going to be kind of the drawn out storyline around the season. Like, do it for Tony, the type where they get, you know, the patches that they put on the jersey. Usually it's when an owner dies or an owner's, you know, relative or something like that. I think there's going to be some sort of shirt or moniker or just slogan that they're going to attach, like, do it for Tony or something like that. And it's not the worst theme to have. You know, you see a lot of uh, teams that employ this specific type of, you know, come together this way. Mm-hmm. It's very much, you know, it turns you into a team of destiny very early. And anything when things go well, it, it will always be like, well, Tony's looking out for us up above. He's, you know, we're doing this for coach. And if things go bad, especially early on, I think you're going to see that where it's kind of an excuse if things aren't going super hot, being like, well, the O-line, which is the biggest question mark for this team, Coach passes away unexpectedly right before training camp. We just can't get it quite figured out. So it's kind of a win. I hate to call the situation a win-win, but logistically, it's kind of a win-win when you talk about like an overall personality and goal of the team. What's your next one? I think uh, my, my, my next question for you would be, which narrative are you going to be sick of? You and Manny and I discussed this a few minutes ago, and I think we're all, all three of us collectively are already sick of the whole Kirk Cousins. Not narrative, I'm pumped for him on the Lindsey Browncast. We are pumped to have Kirk Cousins in this town. But it seems, especially in the last few weeks, there is every single day there's a brand new story about some facet of Kirk's life, personality, his, his game preparation, you know, all these different tidbits, which is great, but it's like, I don't want to know what this guy's blood type is. I don't want to know about his weird stone month counter thing that he's using to count down the months of his life because he's some sort of millennial Play-Doh. You know what I mean? So I just think the whole Kirk Cousins as a mistake or Kirk Cousins as this anointed one, just the whole story surrounding, you know, his departure from the Washington squad coming here to a team that's almost built, you know, for a championship. It's just going to wear on and, you know, but that's what you at, that's what you get when you sign the biggest free agent in the, of the season, Brendan. Right. I, I tend to agree with you. I think the narrative I will be most sick of will, in, I mean, regardless of what's happening, will be the Kirk Cousins centric nature of coverage. Mm-hmm. Since I think Kirk Cousins is coming to a team that is not even built to be Kirk Cousins centric. Right. Well, in this team, you always think that there's some sort of blueprint that you'd like to build a team around, and obviously Mike Zimmer has done that through his defense. Usually it's done, you know, and constructed around your quarterback, but that's literally the least consistent position we've had over the life of the franchise. It's every couple of years we either have all new quarterbacks, all three of them, or so-and-so gets hurt. It's been super tumultuous. So finally, in theory on paper, we have some stability. And I just hope it keeps up, and I hope that he does well, because if not, there's going to be a lot of pissed-off fans in this town, Brendan. Well, because all that hope we're seeing getting taken out of the Viking store. Well, there's I'm a lot scared of already, because we did so well last year, and now I don't want to be I don't want it to be like 2010. You know, we lose in 2009 to the Saints, and that hold the buckle. And then we go into 2010, we're like, this is our year, unfinished business, Brett Favre, great, it's awesome. And then we were junk. So hopefully, <laughs> I'm just bracing myself, but I just I want to be surprised again. There's nothing better than being surprised as a sports fan when your club turns out to be super unexpectedly good or even super unexpectedly bad. Like that's kind of fun too. We love misery around here in the Twin well, Cities and, and the Broncast and uh, and Minnesota fans in particular kind right. of thrive on that. Uh, what is your false narrative? My false narrative. Mm. So I think 
the false narrative, it, I think it depends on... I don't think the situation is going to be resolved before the season starts, but I think the whole Stefan Diggs and Anthony Barr contract situation, I think there's going to be a lot of speculation throughout the season on both of them. Um, just almost on a weekly basis, say like Anthony Barr has a tough week, it's be like, oh, what does this do to Anthony Barr's value in contract negotiations? And same thing for Stefan Diggs. If he blows up, has a big game, oh, the... So-and-so team is looking at Stefan Diggs targeting him in, you know, free agency or trying to, you know, maybe send over an offer. She, I just think it's going to be so overblown because these guys haven't resolved their contract situations. But we don't need to this minute, so it's okay. We can deal with this next, hopefully next summer, next sprint. We don't want to be out of the playoffs. We don't want to do anything like that. But I just think that's going to be a continuous just... How's it go? What do we think, Rick? What do we? How's Anthony feeling about the contract? You know, I just think that's gonna be over. It's false, and I think that it's just gonna be kind of overblown as well. What do you feel like it's going to be? I was gonna say the same thing because I actually believe that, regard. I mean, listen, it would be disingenuous to suggest it's not important to them, but I believe that what we've seen from these guys, they're pros. Like they know that this is important, but ultimately they're there to do a job. And until Anthony Barr or Stephen Diggs says I'm holding out. I'm just going to assume they're there doing their best. Right. Yeah. Until you show, I see reason to believe there's a problem, I'm, I'm not interested in digging around to see if we can find any evidence of one. Yeah. No, I 100% agree. I think there's going to be a lot of false drama around it. But at the end of the day, they're under contract for this year. And that's what this year is what, what matters. You're listening to Lindsey Browncast. We'll be right back.